You are now listening to Sierra Unraveled, hosted by yours truly. I am a single mother who finally released myself from a toxic relationship with the help of God, of course, so I can pursue my wildest dreams. Tune in every week for some crazy stories, real life drama, and motivation to keep going. You got this. Life check one, two, one, two. Hey you, hope you're having a great, spectacular, magnificent day. I don't know how I have the time or energy to record these days, but I really just think it's so much fun. I prefer recording podcasts over Instagram posts, chatting on Facebook, or even Twitter. It's just more relatable and I can actually like be myself without trying to sugarcoat shit like you see all over social media. Let's glorify how great my life really is, but in reality, I'm miserable. Yeah, that's just not me. I'd rather just not post at all, to be honest. My life is going really good, actually. I'm happy content for the most part i'm at peace and you should be too and if you're not you need to find out what's missing find out what will bring you those things then go and get it so in my i would rather episode i listed off a bunch of things i'd rather do than to ever get back together with my ex i.e the father of my child some of them were true some were not however i am crazy and unpredictable so i wanted to share something with you very private and personal. I'm going to whisper it so you might not even hear me. Are you ready? Okay, here goes. <laughs> Just kidding, but for real, I did something kind of wild, per usual. I'm a wild creature at large. Back in December, after a few months of me working my Dave Ramsey baby steps, I had to use my emergency fund. So if you're not familiar with Dave Ramsey, when I start to record a podcast episode, my cat just has to be like right up in my face. It's annoying. But she's like, oh, are you talking to me? <laughs> no, Betty Boop. Lay your ass down. Okay. Anyways, so if you're not familiar with the Dave Ramsey baby steps and money makeover, definitely check out his book. I think I read it in like maybe two days, maybe three days. Basically, the first step is to... I think the first step is to cut up all your credit cards so you stop using them and then you're supposed to create an emergency fund of like 500 to a thousand dollars and then the third step is to start attacking your debt starting with the smallest amount first and then starting to like roll that over and do a snowball effect and start knocking out the rest of it so anyways i was in step two in my save or i'm sorry i was in step three starting to knock out my debt so my credit card debt is done i'm working on my car right now and my savings was already taken care of previous and I have no credit cards at the moment in my name. So I ended up using my emergency fund, which is like the number one rule not to do. You're like really not supposed to do that, but I had to, I did, I didn't have to, but I ended up doing it and it's my fault completely because I left my job unexpectedly and switched gears, typical, but I didn't plan for me to leave my career or my not even my career but I didn't plan to leave my job therefore it left me with a wee bit of a gap of supply and income now I don't receive child support and my parents don't pay my bills I'm sure they would if I asked but that's just not the kind of person I am I know hardy har har but I'd rather struggle or use my savings or work my butt off to make sure that I'm able to take care of myself so I knew that I needed to reevaluate the situation 
So I started thinking, maybe I need to get a roommate again. Last time I had one, it was just briefly last summer and it was just kind of to help a friend out. I honestly don't even think we had a rental agreement or she ever even gave me money for real. We just had an understanding. It was just a means to an end. It would just be temporary and whatever happened, our friendship wouldn't be impacted. Um, I'm always just kind of trying to help people out. So this time it would be different. I would actually recruit and qualify someone to live with me in my home with my daughter and I, a complete stranger. Now, when I first started looking for a roommate, I met with one girl for lunch and it just didn't work out. And then I talked to maybe two or three other women that were potentially moving to the area where I live. And it's a really great place to live. Like we have a double college town and then we're 30 minutes from Detroit. So like there's definitely a desire to live here. However, when you're meeting with people online and then going to meet them in person or you don't get a chance to meet them before they move in with you, it can be a little sketch. So I found a beautiful person off of the scary, you never know what you're going to find Craigslist. And I don't mean beautiful by like way of looks, I mean by the way of the heart. I prayed about it and I got blessed and hopefully I was able to bless her as well. I know everyone's situation is different, but everyone also usually needs a solution to a problem. And by me letting my guard down a wee bit and being optimistic and patient and understanding and able to compromise, I think I was able to offer one. A clean, safe, not quiet all the time, remember, screaming terrible two toddler tantrums every now and then. Terrible two toddler tantrums. I dare you say that five times fast. <laughs> I'll give you $50 if you record it and send it to me. And I'm not joking. <laughs> and affordable place to live. And I'd say it's a pretty dang good mutualistic relationship. It's been three months since I moved in a complete stranger. We get along great. I'm learning a lot every day by welcoming a new person into my little home who has grown up outside of the US and it just adds another perspective into my little world. It's been very rewarding. The process took maybe two or three weeks or so. We were just kind of communicating through email. We didn't meet previously ahead of time. There's a time change and she was in another country, so it was hard for us to kind of like chat on FaceTime or anything like that. I did a back, or not a background check, I did a previous landlord check and did a security deposit, wrote up a lease agreement, all that good stuff. Luckily, I have a little bit of a background in leasing, so that was pretty easy for me. But yeah, it worked out. And don't get me wrong, I definitely was scared. Like, I was going to be moving someone in who's going to ultimately be around my daughter and living with us on a daily basis and doing our regular daily household chores and me being silly and weird and Kyla just freaking out and being a toddler. You know, I was very nervous, but it just worked out. I took a leap of faith and let go of my fears. And with this abnormal decision, I've reestablished my emergency fund in a matter of months. And I'm now making great strides towards my next baby step of financial freedom, which is going to be paying off my car. I'm getting there inch by inch. The goal is July 4th, my birthday. I have to keep going. Budgeting and then whatever extra money that I can salvage, whether it's me selling things, me picking up extra shifts at work. Um, I'm like the ultimate finesse queen. I've mastered that skill pretty well, so. And I'm just a natural born hustler, hustler. <laughs> so I'm gonna get it done. 
So the next life change that I've made that I've been wanting to do for some time, but for some reason I haven't been able to come full, to full terms with it yet. Drum roll, please. I've decided that I'm going to be sober. Yep, that's what I said. I'm going to live my life intentionally and gracefully sober. Cute Chief Keef, I hate being sober because we smoking and we drinking. No, but seriously, I hardly drink as it is. I do occasionally, but when I do, I end up regretting it so, so, so much. So it's like one, you make really bad decisions when you're under the influence, and two, my body literally wants to slither out into the trash can that's going out for the garbage truck that should just fall over shortly after I get into it and then just like let me roll out onto the street and be run over by like all the cars that drive down my street on that day. Like I literally feel like absolute crap. No matter what I try to consume, whether it's just one beer, one glass of wine, a tequila shot, a whole bottle of champagne, two Long Islands, a margarita, half a Moscow mule, a few slips of another margarita and then leave behind the whole pitcher because in my mind I want to drink it all but like I literally just can't. It's either my head starts pounding immediately after I consume or my stomach just like gets all tight and I start feeling nauseous right away. Even after just like a few sips like I can't even finish a whole drink and it's like why do I keep torturing myself? I have to step away. My body doesn't deserve to be treated like that and I only have one for Pete's sake and I know I'm pretty young. I'm 25 so it's like making a decision like this might be a little I don't even know I might be crazy for making this decision because I like see all my friends drinking and I'm like oh it looks so fun and then like as soon as I go to partake I'm like this is an awful idea I should have stayed home I'm gonna want to lay in bed for the next three weeks to try and recover it's just not good for me and honestly like I've been sober before obviously during my pregnancy and then I drank maybe twice during like the 14 months that I was nursing my daughter and then like abiding by the whole pump and dump rule and waiting a few hours to feed her again but honestly it was just too much work so I would just say no not that hard two letters one syllable Oh, and then when I was on probation, which we haven't even talked about that yet, so that'll be another episode. <laughs> but um, I forgot about that. I try to forget about that part of my life. <laughs> but my problem is that I'm a social drinker. I always have been. I don't want to drink alone. That's just weird and depressing. I mean, don't get me wrong. For some people, that's just the best way for them to deal with their feelings. It's like their main way of coping, but for me, it's just no bueno. I'll likely end up crying myself to sleep or something, then wake up feeling like literal, actual trash the next day. So I'm giving it up, cold turkey. March 15th, 2021 is going to be my sobriety date. And I say that because it's like, I feel like maybe 10 years down the line, I'm gonna be like, okay, you're never really an alcoholic. You're just doing it just to say you did it because it made you feel like crap, but I really don't like enjoy it and alcoholism runs in my family and it also runs on my daughter's side of the family my daughter's father's side of the family so excuse me if i decide that she will never see me with a drink in my hand or drunk in her almost whole two years of life she never has so why would i introduce something like that now i'd say that like 99.9 percent .9 of my bad decisions have been alcohol related i've learned my lesson time and time again and I have no problem saying maybe drinking just needs to be on hold for a while. 
I've taken a few month breaks here and there before and I never crave it or miss it. It's people and peer pressure that draw me back in every single time. So let me find all my sober folk and just hang out with them because that might be the only way out forever. I hate watching drunk people. I hate watching drunk people interact. I hate the way they slur and smell and stumble. All the, all the asses. And I feel like the only way you get over that hatred is just to be a part of it or just make sure you're never around it again. Just thinking about how I have had to recover after a night out with the girls or a family function literally just makes me want to smack my own self in the face because it's just atrocious. Kudos to you if you drink responsibly and still actually enjoy it, but to me, it's really not worth it. I hate the feeling, I hate the taste, I hate the aftermath. I can't do it anymore. I'm getting too old to realize anything else, but I have a lot of fun sober. I know how to be silly, let my guard down, relax all without the help of a substance, so I really just want to do more of that. And I truly think it's going to keep me on this path of relearning to love myself because I will understand me to the core, deep, 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 way down yonder without the influence of anything else. And if I can survive understanding that and coping with life without any of that extra stuff that rips my body apart in the meantime, well then so be it. I'm entirely up to the challenge. You might think I'm crazy, that's fine, but I love me and I know that I'm more than capable because when I think I'm not, I just pray. Simple. Thanks for listening to another episode. Keep feeding your mind and your soul. It will only help you flourish. Only you can determine your future. Only you can decide how you want your life to pan out. So push yourself. And for the love of yourself and the love of Jesus, literally, stop letting them unravel you because only you can unravel yourself.